and welcome to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me as always is Jesse. Hi. And Caitlin. Jesse, I like your unicorn headband. Thanks. Ben 3D printed a bunch of them. That's amazing. Can he 3D print one? Me one and can I have it when I come yeah, see you guys? I, I have a pile of them. You can excellent, great, you get fantastic. Love that. <laughs> and today we are talking about season three, episode twenty-two of One Tree Hill, the season three finale of Fuck One Tree Hill. Guys, we have made it through three seasons. <laughs> we have made it Barely. through three seasons. Not everyone has made it through three seasons. Let's just oh, say that. Oh boy. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. boy. <laughs> um, titled "The Show Must Go On," which fun fact is a song by Queen. Yes. Yes. So, yes. So we open with Lucas doing his patented voiceover, but it's different because it's the same voiceover that we had Peyton doing about how there's three billion, whatever the whole. Uh, Caitlin, you have it on your wall somewhere. I was going to say it's written on my wall. Do you want me to recite it? Yes, recite yeah. it. <laughs> no, um, but it's it's that uh, monologue that Peyton had that we all really liked, um, but it's over them shooting over a dirty body of water and we see Haley's Cracker Jack box bracelet floating in the water. And then we get a flash of Haley in a wedding dress underwater, which startles Nathan and wakes him up from a dream. Uh Uh-huh. So we see that Nathan's at Lucas's in Lucas's room, sleeping on the floor. I didn't know where he was. I'm like, why the fuck is this man sleeping on the floor? (laughs) I had no yep. idea where he was. Yep. So then Nathan goes to the river court to find Lucas is there. And Lucas says that he comes here, you know, once in a while when he can't sleep or when he needs to think. Um, and Lucas is just, you know, casually shooting some hoops. And Nathan asks him if he still misses basketball. And Lucas says every day. And Nathan then tells him about the messed up dream he had about Haley drowning and how he couldn't save her. And he's like, will you go check on Haley? And Lucas is like, sure. And Nathan's like, I don't know why she decided we needed to spend the night apart, even though we're already married. And, you know, Lucas is like, dude, I will check on her. I'm sure she's going to be just fine. You know, it's your wedding day today. It's going to be a great day. Oh. Which should have been everyone's first warning. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also can't help but laugh at the fact that Nathan had no idea that his extremely t- traditional wife would not want to see him before their big <laughs> recommitment ceremony. Right? Considering, like- <laughs> considering that she was already like planning on waiting until marriage before he married her the first time. Uh-huh. And then right. was like, let's not have sex again until the wedding this time, too. Like, right? I'm shocked that he didn't see that coming. Well, <laughs> right. It's, it's also, fun. like, Lucas, historically, wedding days in Tree Hill, not a gr- not great days. Not great like, days for anybody. <laughs> like, Not at so all. We're at, like, wow. this is a fit. Well, no, I guess Haley, Haley and Nathan technically made it to the altar. So, but in terms nobody of knew days, about like, it. Right. <laughs> the first but, time well, no, nobody but knew even about in this it. episode, like they well, technically true. made it to the altar. But yeah. in terms of it being a good day, like we're over two. Right. Like, <laughs> well, well, I will say they made it to the wedding, which is more than what other engaged or engaged to be married couples have gone. So right. they got farther than most. They have made right. it to the altar twice 
Yeah. He did. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> for, mm-hmm. uh, yes. So then we go to Dan, who is um, standing at Keith's grave, and Deb mm-hmm. comes up behind him to also pay respects to Keith. And Dan says, This is within the 100 feet. And Deb just goes, I'm here to pay respects. And Dan gets mad and kind of tries to tell her that Keith wasn't such a great man that everyone thought that he was. And Deb says, Keith was a hero. And as she walks away, Dan tells her that Keith's the one who set the fire to the dealership. And he walks away. And you can tell Deb (laughs) is visibly upset. She just goes, oh, shit. You stupid motherfucker. Was he? <laughs> right, right. I've been yeah. waiting for this, and we'll talk uh-huh. more about it later. Uh-huh. But I've been waiting for this. Yes. So then we get Haley, who stops by Karen's um, sunkissed sighting, by the way, with the ugliest ill fitting t shirt ever on one Haley. Like, oh, yeah. I noticed that today. I'm like, that is, it's not even a flattering cut or a fit of a t shirt at all on her. Like, it was like, did they just have it in the promo pile that Sunkiss was like, you have to have someone in this T-shirt? And they're like, fine, Haley, go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's awful. Absolutely. Um, but I digress. Um, she goes over to Karen's and she has to ask her a question. And she tells her that Brooke made her this amazing dress, but it's from the same material that Karen or that Brooke had ordered for Karen's dress. And she starts to ask permission if it's OK if she wears it. And Karen just interrupts her and says, do you know how proud I am of you? Mm-hmm. And she tells her that she will make a beautiful bride in that dress. I'm so glad that Haley asked. Yes. Like. Me too. Yeah. It's the most Haley thing ever. And it's just perfect. And yeah, those two chef's kiss. Love it. Love it. Also, I will say we got zero recap this episode. Right. And I needed it. And no titles either. It was just no title. No recap. And I am sitting here. It was after this scene. I had to pause it and go back through my notes for the last couple episodes. Because I'm like, what the fuck has happened? Mm-hmm. I am lost. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So then. Oh, okay. Then we get to Brooke and Peyton. And Peyton is crying in her room. And Brooke comes home from sleeping in her car. We find out this is the next day. After the um, shower slash, you know, dramatic interpretation of Nathan and Haley's entire relationship. And if we don't remember, gentle viewers, because we did not get a recap. This was the night before was when Peyton told Brooke that she liked Lucas still. And yeah, Um, Brooke is just pissed. She's completely pissed off. And Peyton tells her that she didn't wish for any of this. She wished for Jake. And Brooke throws in her face, yeah, you wished for Jake. But then before that, you wished for Pete. But now that those both are gone, now you're wishing for Lucas. And Brooke even says, but he's mine. He's on the damn door as she beats the shit out of the door, which is hilarious, the closet door. Uh, Larry's still up there in case anyone missed it. (laughs) They hadn't taken Larry off yet. It's fine. Um, And Peyton says, you know, it's fine. I I don't I'm not going after Lucas. I can bury this. And Brooke says, you know, you can't. It's like the time capsule. And if you really wanted to bury it, you wouldn't have said anything in the first place. And yep. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I will say I do think Brooke is grossly overreacting. Mm -hmm. But that is one point that 
I do agree with her on was if Peyton yeah. was actually going to bury it, she would have kept her fucking mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing of two wrongs don't make a right in this situation with these two girls. And they're both handling the situation. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. But Peyton I justifies just... it by saying, you know, I don't want to lie to you like I did before and make the same mistake. And she goes and makes the detrimental note of saying that, you know, Brooke did say last night at trick that she really didn't even miss Lucas, which promptly gets her slapped across the face. Yeah. I just, I found myself really agreeing with a lot of what Brooke was saying. I, I also think Peyton should have kept her fucking mouth shut last, yes. last episode. Yes. Like, but 100%. I also I also get Peyton's rationale of I kept it a secret the last time and it killed my friend. I'm going to be honest with her and let her know this is what's going on and maybe we can fix it and go forward. Right. But I think this is also being the fact they are 17, 18 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. But Brooke slaps her and says, um, don't you dare twist my own words to make yourself feel like you're not a backstabbing two faced bitch because you are and you know it. And Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is also, this goes back to like some of the stuff we were talking about at the beginning of the season where mm-hmm. like, it's so hard to predict Brooke's reaction to anything. Yes. Like, cause Brooke doesn't know what she wants, you know, right. like Brooke says she wants complete honesty from everyone. And the minute someone gives her complete honesty, she slaps them mm-hmm. and excommunicates them, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's like, yeah, I, I see Peyton's justification, but she, you know, it's but again, just, it's the, it's the two wrongs don't make a right situation. Cause both of their decisions in this whole thing were wrong, yeah. but yeah. I, I think almost wonder too, if like in this particular situation, if part of Brooke's anger is almost like she's taking it out on Peyton because she's angry with herself. I think that's a lot of because it. I think it's, the situation that yeah. she's angry with more than just Peyton because yeah. she's been through this before and it bit her in the ass. And she's like, Oh shit. Is this going to bite me in the ass again? Is mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I totally see that too, that she's projecting a lot more than just her feelings about what Peyton did to her. And it's also mm-hmm. the feelings of what she has against Lucas and the whole dynamic in general that just right. make it go so bigger than what it, Right. And we also, you got like, we saw how she reacted at the Sparkle Classic after Rachel, you know, played devil as she does so well Mm -hmm. and put Lucas and Peyton in the same room together. Like, Brooke's automatic assumption was that something had gone awry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she was already, I mean, because that was what, five episodes before this one? Six? Six or seven, I would say. Yeah. Who who knows anymore? Yeah. It was 14 or 15. So, yeah. She still doesn't completely trust Lucas again and never has. No, no. And I think that's part of why she overreacts as much as she does, because particular, particularly about the kiss in the library, not necessarily Peyton and what Peyton has told her, mm-hmm. because yeah. I, I, I do agree with Brooke, like we said about like, if Peyton was actually going to bury it, she would have kept her mouth shut. But like, but the library thing I do think that she overreacted. Oh, and we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to all of that. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. So we cut to Brooke 
again, who is now helping setting up the wedding reception. And Brooke try, or Lucas tries talking to her, and she immediately tells him not to speak to Peyton at all. And he kind of jokes it off, and she says, no, can you please put me above your precious Peyton for once? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a loaded statement right then and there. And she kind of apologizes, and she admits that she's been really stressed about her speech and about Haley's dress, and that she's late to get ready. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. I've seen this tree before. Uh-huh. We passed I it. There, I thought there was only <laughs> one tree on the hill. Wait, but... is this season one again? I'm confused. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, but... <laughs> Lucas gives her a hug and tells her it's going to be okay. Cut to Nathan, who is riding in the limo to the wedding with Deb and Dan on either side of him with the most awkward ride ever. Okay. That man has never looked more uncomfortable in his entire life. Right? <laughs> like, his, his shoulders are in his eardrums. He's like, uh-huh. 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 Well, because they also, to get the shot, shoved the three grown people into a bench that's probably really only for two. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So even, like, even with the fact that Barbara Allen Woods is very tiny, Dan, or Paul and um, James are not. No, they are very (laughs) tall men. Like, yeah. They're grown-ass men. Yeah. But question. Answer. When Haley invited Dan to come to the wedding did she invite him to be a part of the wedding because those are two things two very different things one is fine you can come but you're sitting in the back of the fucking church go fuck yourself the the other one is yes i recognize you as the groom's father and you can be in the limo and walk down the aisle like those are two different i think it was the latter because if you remember a couple episodes ago how she felt so bad about the fact that Nathan didn't have Dan to talk about basketball and have that relationship anymore. So I think that's her kind of like having him be involved and be a part of the day. You know what I mean? Because he is still his dad and all that kind of stuff. I know it's Dan, but he's still his father. It's not like she let Dan give a speech. Cooper. got No. Yeah. Cooper got to make a speech. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that. Then we go to Rachel, who's at the reception tent before the wedding and she starts swapping around table assignments or almost does when cooper shows up and he tells her that she has to stop calling him he made himself very clear that night and she goes but you didn't make yourself clear three times or whatever she does which is gross yeah um and he apologizes for making a mistake and they will talk about it later but they have to she cannot make this day ugly for Nathan and Haley for their wedding. And she says she wouldn't think of it. Mm. Sober Rachel wouldn't. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So then Lucas is trying to tie a bow tie in the window of the limo reflection for some reason, instead of an actual mirror, whatever. Um, And Dan offers to help, which Lucas initially refuses, but Dan insists and starts to tie the tie for him. Um, Dan asks him how life without basketball is. And Lucas just very quickly says, it's better than a life without Keith. (laughs) And Deb and Karen are watching on and see this whole thing go down. And Deb admits to Karen that Dan thinks it was Keith who set the fire. She found out today from him. And she says, it's not fair. And I'm sorry. And Karen agrees. It's not fair. 
But Dan's revenge is buried with Keith. And Deb agrees with that, but she says it makes her feel even weaker now. Uh, yeah, I don't blame her for that. But also no. good on Karen for like being at a point in her grief journey where she's not angry with Deb for this. Yes. Yeah. Because Karen two episodes ago or three episodes ago would, would have had her on the ground beating dead. the shit out of her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think at one point she may have. I think she said it. Did she know? Like when Deb first came back, did she not blame Deb? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She said the only difference between Deb and Jimmy Edwards was that Jimmy was successful. Yeah. 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 Um. No, I am very proud of Karen through this whole episode. How like cool, calm, and collected she is through every single thing that gets revealed, that happens, that like Karen, Karen is, you know, it's a new Karen, but she's back. She's back to being mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's well, yeah, you know, yeah. So then um, we get Nathan who is still, he's kind of, he's daydreaming and he's flashing back to the dream of being underwater when Lucas kind of wakes him up from the daydream and Nathan asks him to check on Haley again. And Lucas is like, okay, fine. So they do the most early two thousands thing ever. And they take out their flip phones and they do that weird walkie talkie thing that you could do with (laughs) flip phones. I didn't, I barely did that when I had one. Why did anyone think that a cell phone, which is already a portable communication device, also needed a walkie-talkie. Like, right. why did anyone think that was a good idea? Who because knows? they were trying to sell it to young adults who, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a adolescent, walkie-talkies were very fun. And yes. we mm-hmm. used them a lot. Like, Plus, it's quicker than typing three threes just to get one letter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, so I think it was like, at that point, I think it was just like a marketing thing because they were mm-hmm. like, somebody walked in the room and was like, have you ever used a walkie-talkie? Because, mm-hmm. boy, have I got an idea for you. <laughs> right? And that's cheaper than us redoing all the phones to make full keyboards. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so they message Haley or walkie-talkie or whatever you want to call it, and she's totally fine. And we end up getting a very gorgeous shot of her arriving to the ceremony or to the space. In a horse-drawn carriage. Who's paying for this wedding? That's literally the thing I had to say as soon as I saw the (laughs) horse-drawn carriage. I was like, who the hell is paying for this wedding? Because these two broke teenagers could not afford it. Uh, Nope. Keith. Let's just chalk everything up to Keith. Keith left money behind for everybody. Oh, my God. Right? It's either Keith or it's just Deb's using her her money, her family money for it. It's fine. Or Cooper's under right net. Who knows? Right. Um, Right. uh, They're doing it. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. But. Then um, Lucas comes in to the um, bridal party's dressing room slash tent area is what we'll call it. The dressing tent. (laughs) It's yeah, it's like part room, part tent. Um, And he's very sweet and nice. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, princess. I was looking for my best friend, Haley. I love that scene so much. So cute. It's so good. We haven't had like a good just the two of them best friends scene in a long time. So it was very nice to see. Um, but we do find out that, um, 
Huey Lewis isn't going to make an appearance in this episode. <laughs> exactly. They cannot afford Huey Lewis um, for the episode. So we find out that Jimmy and Lydia are not coming to the wedding um, because apparently they wrote it in that, you know, they said, oh, honey, we were at your first wedding and it was kind of boring. So we're not going to come to this one. Cool parents. Parents of right. the year. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and Haley's like, it's fine. I'll just give myself away. I'll just go down the aisle by myself. And Lucas is like, uh, no. Or how about I give you away? And she's like, you do that? He says, yes. And he says, but I could never officially give you away. He could never give away his best friend. Aww. Aww. It's very cute. Yes. Then, in a totally opposite end of the spectrum, Brooke compliments Rachel as she comes into the to the wedding and shades Peyton as she calls Rachel her friend and says, let's find you a good seat. Bad nope. choice, Brooke. Bad hate choice. it. Hate it. Brooke. So many bad choices. Uh-huh. Brooke is the queen of hitting where it hurts the most. Uh-huh. Yep. Like, wow. Yeah. And it's just, it's so sad because you know she learned it from her shitty ass parents. Mm-hmm. Like. Yes. So then as they're walking away, Lucas comes up and says that he's been instructed by Brooke not to talk to her. And he kind of jokes about it. And Peyton just tells him, you know, just do what she tells you to do and don't cause any problems. It's fine. Um, and as she walks away, Lucas tells her that she looks nice. Why is he like this? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he like this? Why is he like what, Jesse? Why? Okay. He, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, why? Okay. We've talked about how he flirt. He always flirts, doesn't necessarily realize it. But Brooke literally told him, do not talk to Peyton. Peyton's like, yes, listen to her, whatever. And he's like, you're pretty. You're pretty. You know, like, come on. Come on, man. I mean, he has no idea what's going on, though. Let's not forget that. He Which has we no know, clue. We learn later. Yeah. <laughs> like like the, the poor man thinks everything is still hunky dory and everyone's all happy and friends, you know, like. Yeah, but I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, and so we start the wedding, um, complete with witty comments from both Brooke and Peyton to both Nathan and Cooper and then to each other, which I'm pretty sure they went along the lines of Peyton says to Nathan as she passes him, you could have had your chance. Ha 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 And Brooke says to Cooper, want to make it a double ceremony? Wink, wink. He's like, I've already, I fucked enough 17 year old girls for one season. I'm "I'm good. Thank you though. I'm good. (laughs) Yes. Then as they're standing up there, Brooke says to Peyton, now I know how this dress looks on a witch. And Peyton just says, go Brooke yourself. Yep. I have been waiting 22 (laughs) episodes to use the phrase, go Brooke yourself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because, Uh and this is like, so watching this scene is like a core memory because when it aired the first time in 2007, um, I think it was 2007, it was like, I remember my friend and I sitting on her couch watching this season finale, and Peyton just looks at her and like stone cold goes, go brook yourself. And when I tell you, you would have thought that me and my friend were watching a fucking sporting match because we <laughs> both screamed and stood up off the couch (laughs) like like that is an absolute like core memory of watching this television show because we were both like oh shit (laughs) yep 
Exactly. And it was so good. It's really good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. So then Lucas walks Haley down the aisle and it's very, very sweet. Um, and then during the ceremony, we get shots of Dan trying to hold Deb's hand. And then we get a really sad shot of Karen sitting by herself on the other side. Uh, I hated it so much. Like, why? Why you do this to me? Why? Uh, yeah. Then Haley and Nathan give their vows. And I'm not going to repeat them all, but it's they're both very sweet. And they talk about how much they love each other so much, despite everything they've been through. And Nathan even says how much their love grows every single day and that he will love her always and forever. It's so good. Yeah. Then... Um, oh, and he also has a new ring. How did he pay for the new ring? Right. It's what I want right. to know. Anyway. I'm telling you. Right? It, See, I think, I honestly, I think, I would like to believe that between Deb and Cooper, they right. both felt so guilty. Cooper about the fact that Nathan almost got killed. And uh -huh. Deb about the fact that she was not supportive of this marriage from day one. Mm -hmm. That between the two of them, that is how this wedding is paid yeah. for. Yep. Yeah. They they had enough Lee family money just to be like, here you go. Have right, a wedding. Because we know they're they're a wealthy family. Yes. Very much so. Yes. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to choose to believe. <laughs> um, but yeah, as the, yeah, so the wedding ends and as the crowd leaves, it's just Dan and Deb kind of at the end. And Dan says that one day, you know, he and Deb, they're going to get married again. And Deb replies, open your eyes, Dan. I don't love you. I'm not coming back to you. And Keith didn't try to kill you. I did. I have and, been waiting for this uh, for six episodes. Ah, uh, oh, so it's so good. So it's good. so good. And he just looks. <laughs> jumped up. And is immediately... It, it cuts to commercial. And when they come back, he's sitting there still on the front row of the wedding. And he's haunted now by ghost of baby boy Keith again. Yeah. He's back. He'd, he'd riddled with his guilt about how he killed his brother because he thought that his brother tried to kill him first. Turns out not the case, Danny boy. <laughs> uh, uh oh, I, I missed the ghost child of Keith. I missed him so much. He's gotten creepier somehow. Uh -huh. Oh, this, yeah. Oh, this, yeah, this little actor, shit's real creepy. Oh, is this the scene that he does the finger guns or is yes, it later? Yes. No, this is the finger oh. gun where he points the finger gun at Dan and goes bang. But it also is hard cut, <laughs> hard cut to them popping open a cork of champagne as the bang. And it's like, oh, OK, great. Here we go. Um, I love yes. how much champagne at this wedding there is. For when a bunch of minors? Approximately 80% of the attendees are under 21. For seven. The bride and groom are under 21. Also that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, why, like, wait, okay. So growing up in the rural Midwest, Brody, I'm sure you can attest to this. Several of my high school classmates got married as 18, 19 year olds. Mm -hmm. And I've always been like, why would you get married when you can't get wasted at your own wedding? Exactly. What is this life choice? Like, come on. Yep. Yeah. And this is like, yes. Yes. So, Absolutely. Uh, yes. At the reception, we see Rachel seeing Cooper flirting with the wedding singer, who apparently was someone somewhat famous. I didn't recognize Michelle who it was. 
Thank yeah, you. I, I did write in my notes, should I know this singing lady? Right? So Yeah, they made a deal out of her. her and name I'm like, sounded I... familiar to me, and I don't know if it was just because I've watched this episode before, but I've right? definitely heard that name somewhere. It's a, it's a gorgeous it, song. It, it yeah. overruns the entire ceremony, so it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yes, but he's flirting with her, and so Rachel steals Bevan's glass of champagne that somehow the 17-year-old girl got from the bar, slams it, and runs out. Those, that bartender was not paying attention to who was taking what off that bar. Nope. Uh, so. Nope. Nope. Or I'm just going to assume that's more Lee money going. It's fine. Don't check IDs. Everyone's fine. Oh God. Okay. Then we get the next Brooke Peyton argument and Peyton goes to Brooke and says, okay, are you ever going to talk to me again? And Brooke stays silent and Peyton says, fine. So this is how a 10 year friendship ends that survives Two dead moms, three absentee parents, shoplifting, jail time, and we can't survive one boy. And Brooke replies with not one boy, my boy. And Peyton's like, he still is. And she then asks if Brooke actually loves him. And Brooke is so offended by that statement. She goes on this huge tirade about how she can ask that about her boyfriend. And Peyton retorts by saying, basically... She's tried every way she can to try to make this better and apologize and just, you know, see how they can move on from this. But she's basically done. And she ends that with saying, and somehow, Brooke, you never said, yes, I love him. Yeah. Uh, Uh I don't know. There's only so many, so much more we can say about this fucking fight. Like, they're both right they're both wrong they're Mm -hmm. you know like fighting over maybe the worst boy in this series (laughs) like (laughs) correct put that energy into fighting over (sighs) mouth or something like seriously like the only at least when rachel and mouth were using or rachel and mouth brooke and rachel were using mouth as a pawn in their stupid ass games at least that was like worth it because mouth is you know the salt of the earth I will say this though. I love how they they're writing these arguments because you're right. It does make it seem like they're both right and they're both wrong, which makes it even harder to choose a side. In my opinion, like whose side are you on in this whole situation? It's hard to pick because yes, is Peyton wrong for saying she likes Lucas? Yes. Is Brooke very wrong for how she's overreacting and treating Peyton like garbage for being honest with her friend? Yes. Is Lucas oblivious to the entire situation? Yes. Is Lucas still so oblivious he's just going to walk into every trap a female has laid for him this episode? Basically. Yes. Basically. Every, yes. single, every single one. one. Yes. 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 So then we get, um, oh, then we cut to Nathan and Haley's first dance. And I found oh. the songs, guys. I found it. Okay. I figured it out. So okay. from last episode, if you guys remember, we talked about how, or Caitlin remembered, because she was the one who did, that they did a fan vote where you could text in your vote out of three songs that would be Nathan and Haley's first dance at their wedding. This so, is like peak American Idol di- like days where text on your text, singular text wireless yes. yeah, was yes. a big thing. Yep. Yeah. So the three songs were Ray LaMontagne's Hold You In My Arms, Trespassers William song Lie in the Sound and Gavin DeGraw's song More Than Anyone. And to really no surprise to a 2006 audience, 
Especially a 2006 One Tree Hill viewing audience. Exactly. Right. More than anyone by Gavin DeGraw won in a landslide. Yeah. So, yeah. And it is a great song. It's a great so, song. It's a gorgeous song. No can't fault say that song. I'm upset about it. Nope, me either. But I, I was just am... happy I finally found the songs because I could not I... find them for the longest time. Right, because you were looking for them um, in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find that scene. I well, I was expecting it because we had talked about it last episode. Mm-hmm. So I was really watching this scene, and you're absolutely right. They did not know what song it was going to be, and Nathan's line, "I had a little help uh-huh. out." Fuck this show. He should have just literally at that show. point should have just turned to the camera I and did a big died. wink or a finger guns. Just thanks, no. everybody. The only character in this episode that can do finger guns is the ghost of Baby Keith. There we go. There we go. <laughs> The ghost of Brothers Past. <laughs> the really? ghost of oh, Brothers Past. Speaking of Ghost of Brothers Past, transition to Dan, who now goes to Keith's grave and falls to his knees after seeing Ghost Boy Keith hanging mm-hmm. in the tree. Or hanging out in the tree, I should say. Not hanging in the tree. Ooh, oh, boy. yeah. Oh, man. Whoopsie. Those are no, two kids, different sentences. <laughs> kids hang, kids, he is hanging out on the branch of the tree. He is sitting on the branch of the tree. I'm going to be clear about that. Okay, moving on. And uh, yes. old baby brother Danny is having a bit of a mental breakdown. Just a bit. Just it's a little fine. one? Just a little. The guilt may be a little overwhelming. Just maybe. Just he just murdered his big brother. Like, why is he being blood. a baby about it? Right, right. Yes. I, I remember when we watched episode 16, like, both you and Ben, Jesse, were like, this man just literally got away with murder. And we told you we can't tell you how long he gets away with it for. Yeah. And literally, I can't tell you how long he gets away with it for. But emotionally, he has he's done getting away with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 like yeah, 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 yeah. this yeah. is the beginning of the Dan Scott downward spiral spiral. I, yes, the mental torture starts it. now and I'm here for it. Yes. Yes. So back at the reception, um, Brooke and Lucas are dancing and Lucas asks Brooke if she's going to tell him what happened between her and Peyton. And Brooke tells him that Peyton told her some things about them. And Lucas, sweet summer child boy who has no clue poor guy <laughs> the Ooh. most oblivious boy on the oh, planet boy howdy then <laughs> admits that yes he kissed peyton in the library and brooke is pissed and storms off she's like what kiss and the <laughs> panic on that man's face uh-huh was just oh shit i fucked up oh shit i fucked up oh shit i fucked up <laughs> Yes. Then yeah. we get a little bit more of a jealous Rachel stealing booze from the bar and storming out of the reception tent after seeing Cooper dance with Peyton some more. Then we go to Lucas and Brooke. We follow them who go out of the reception tent into the dressing room tent. And um, Lucas tells her that the kiss meant nothing. And she tells him a kiss always means something. And he says something about how it really didn't. And if you had been there, Except you would have known. Except when she kisses Pete from Fall Out Boy. <laughs> exactly. That was, that was That's a dream. Also that. That, didn't that, that was a dream sequence. That just turned out to be real. It's fine. It's fine. Um, and she throws that back at him that, oh, of course, I couldn't possibly understand because I wasn't in the school when that happened, um, which is a whole other level to all of this. And he asks her if there's any way that she can forgive him because he forgave her. And she says, for what? He says, for sleeping with Chris Keller. And Brooke is shocked that he's using that as a bargaining chip now. Why? And 
Yeah. And Lucas basically says um, that he's kind of felt like ever since then, there's always been a thing about it where she's always would how he's have an excuse just to push him away. She's been waiting for an excuse to push him away. And she says, no, she's not trying to push him away. She's trying to hold on for dear life, but she needs him to let her in. And it's like, it's, it's such a heartbreaking scene between the two of them. And the acting is so good from both of them. And Brooke then immediately shifts and says, Oh, we have to now go. We have to now go give our toasts about love. And Lucas asks her not to be mad. And she says, she's not. And she walks off. And it's an important thing to note that during this entire argument, Brooke is trying to find her purse and we find out that she made identical purses for the entire, for all the girls involved in the wedding as gifts. See, this is how I know the costume designer for this show isn't from the South because if they were, Brooke would have monogrammed those bags. Exactly. (laughs) Because especially at this time in history and fashion, monogramming things was especially in the south very very in yeah but that's not conducive to the plot so i mean i know (laughs) i know i know i know but yes yes she should have just monogrammed it right would have solved a lot of problems anyway uh we get to the uh, lucas and brooks speeches and they're both very sweet and very nice and everyone's you know they love them it's great um then we cut to dan who is in the cemetery, which I guess I know realize because they did the ceremony outside, but it's close to the cemetery, apparently. Well, it's like at it's, the, it's at the it's church. At the church. It's in like the beautiful church courtyard. Like yeah. So it's yeah. at it's at the church where Keith is buried. Yes. Yes. So th- this makes a lot more sense because now you know Karen's at Keith's graveside, and Dan goes to see her and apologizes for how he treated her and Lucas and Keith all these years. And Karen tells him she's pregnant. And and Dan tells her that he's going to be there for her this time. And he gives her a hug. And pulls out the Voldemort hug again. Uh (laughs) I was just going to say, that was like the ultimate like Voldemort hug where the person who's receiving the hug doesn't necessarily know if they want it, but they don't want to say no because they're under emotional duress. It was the Voldemort hug before the Voldemort hug. And this is the second Voldemort hug that Dan has given in this series. I can't remember when the first one was, but I've made this note before. Mm -hmm. But no, it's like the person receiving the hug doesn't want it, but can't say no. And the person giving the hug is like, never made that shape with their body before. Right? (laughs) Yes. But yes, Karen is pregnant. Whose is it? I wonder. Andy's. (laughs) Andy's. God. You too. Uh, yes. So then we go back to the ceremony and it's now Cooper's turn to give a toast. And it's very funny. It's very Cooper. Um, it's great. And it, it's all going great until he walks away and Rachel hobbles up onto the stage and grabs the microphone to give her toast, basically telling everyone that she slept with Cooper. Uh-huh. And mouth, mouth drags her off stage as she drops the mic and spills champagne and she runs out and a Cooper apologizes to Nathan Haley and runs out after her. Um, and they I mean, I say run, they run like she books it to the limo that's decorated for Nathan and Haley to leave in. Mm-hmm. And Cooper chases after her 
and Rachel gets in the limo and starts to drive off and Cooper gets in and yeah. it cuts to commercial. And as it comes back, we see Rachel eventually pull over on the side of the road and Cooper gets out and starts yelling at her and asking if she's trying to kill him or if she's just stupid because she's driving drunk. And she says, I must be stupid for falling in love with you. And Cooper gets really honest and really, you know, as nice as he can be and says that he never wanted anything serious. Um, but he also says that he did like her and it's, it's the easiest way he can kind of like let her down of what I think that girl needed this whole time and hadn't gotten yet really from him. Um, but right. And he even yeah. makes a point of saying, even when I thought you were 26, I wasn't looking for something serious. Exactly. And he said, you right. said you didn't want anything serious either. And she's, well, I lied. You know, and it's just, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking, really, for, for her a little bit with that. And he's really sweet, and he says, well, let's let's just go back. We can go back to the reception. You can grab your stuff, and we can talk. And she's like, okay, great, great. So then at the end of the wedding reception, Nathan and Haley get ready to leave. And since Rachel and Cooper have the limo, Lucas lets them borrow the car that Keith gave him to drive to the airport. Turns out... They are going to London for their honeymoon because it's always raining there. Cute. Good for And them. gross. Good for <laughs> and them. stupid. What a right? stupid reason to go to London. Because <laughs> the way rain. that Nathan they love says, the rain. oh yeah, when oh, he's like yeah. talking about the weather. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, the weather should never make a person that horny. Oh, <laughs> this man has not had <laughs> sex in a month. Or however long it's been. That's right. true. Hell, I'm sure a shower just like, yeah. A light breeze <laughs> would, ah. would do it for him right now. Oh, my God. Right? So, yeah. So, they leave. It's great. Um, Brooke then as Mouth. Because Mouth's been DJing all night. That's been Mouth's thing, which is great. Or all day. Oh, yeah. Um, and because it's still light out. And Brooke tells Mouth that Rachel took the limo with Cooper and she's really sorry. And Mouth says, yeah, me too. Um, And he goes to leave and Lucas comes over. And Lucas tells Brooke they never finished their conversation. And she just asks him to dance with her. And she asks him if he missed her while he was away. And Lucas says, of course, he was angry about losing Keith and everything. But that didn't mean that he didn't miss her and that he didn't need her. And Brooke says she just needed to talk to him because she's had a lot of things going on. Dot, 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 dot. Then Nathan and Haley are driving to the airport. And I don't know if you noticed this, but the boutonniere that she's playing with has the purple flowers from the beach. All of their, all the bouquets. Of course. Have the purple flowers and it's adorable. Um, And Nathan says he has a really good feeling like um, that the world could be perfect. It's like that feeling he gets when he wakes up in the morning and Haley agrees and she slips the bracelet on his wrist and says, don't say I never gave you anything. Ha ha ha. Very sweet. Love it. Then Peyton finds Lucas in the tent and or the reception tent, I should say. And he admits to her that he told Brooke about the kiss. And Karen then comes up and asks Lucas if he's going to come with her or with Brooke. And he says her because Brooke already left. And he tells Peyton he's sorry. And he follows Karen into the girl's dressing room. Karen then asks him to grab her wrap and her purse so they can go. And Lucas does and finds a pregnancies test in her purse. And he asks her if she's pregnant. And she says yes. But that's not her purse. 
How do you know? <laughs> they all look says, the same. Well, she already broke. knows she's pregnant. That's so right. She, she, didn't, she didn't have a pregnancy test. test in her purse. Yeah. She says, maybe Brooke took the wrong person. Brooke. And they both look at each other like, oh, shit. Is Brooke pregnant? Oh, God. Oh, God. Is it season one again? (laughs) Right? Um, Then we cut over to Brooke, who is finishing packing her stuff from Peyton's room. And Peyton begs her to stop and asks her what she has to do to fix this. She doesn't want her to go. Brooke then tells her that um, she has her answer that if she loves Lucas or not, but she doesn't deserve to hear it. And then Brooke tells her that their friendship is over. And if they never speak again for the rest of their lives, that'll be fine. She tells her that she gave her a second chance and she blew it. Then uh, we go back to the limo and Rachel asks Cooper if there's anything she can say to keep him. And he says there isn't. And she says that's too bad because there's something she has to tell him. Dot, dot, dot. Then we cut to Haley Nathan, and she realizes that Haley forgot her matching purse to everyone else's that has the plane tickets and everything they need in it. And Nathan's like, fine, no worries. I'll just call Lucas and he can meet us. Um, And he does, and it's great. And Haley says, "Um, you're really good in a crisis, which is good because she has something to tell him, dot, dot, dot. Back to Rachel and Cooper. Cooper says, Cooper says, Cooper just says, I don't believe you. And Rachel then asks him just to pull over and he refuses. And they argue about pulling over or not pulling over to the point where Rachel pulls the wheel, makes him go off the road, overcorrect so he gets back on the road onto the other side of the road, which is the same lane that Nathan and Haley are now coming down on. And they almost hit head on, but Cooper loses control of the limo. And the limo crashes off the bridge into the water. These fucking. Mm-hmm. And Nathan and Haley obviously stop and they look over and they see that, you know, Cooper and Rachel are not coming up out of the water. The limo is completely submerged. And Nathan tells Haley he loves her before he jumps into the water after Cooper and Rachel. Ugh. We get uh, a. Yeah. yeah. This is when Jesse starts pacing. I'm not going to lie. I did not see a lot of this. I heard it all, but uh-huh. I, I was pacing. I okay. couldn't, I couldn't okay. watch it. So then, yeah, the next we scene in the ending montage is that Dan comes home to find that someone has painted murderer across the wall of his living room. Really? Yeah. See, you tell- missed, you missed <laughs> something, Jesse. I'm telling you, I was pacing. I couldn't watch it. Oh yeah. yeah. So this is what you missed. Yeah, yeah. there this is, is what you someone. On Glee, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, someone painted "murderer" all on Dan's white walls in the beach house. Mm-hmm. And he's flabbergasted. That is like red... still wet. Yeah, because yeah. he thinks he's hallucinating, and to see if he's hallucinating, he goes and touches the wet paint, and it's real. The paint is real. Cute. Yes. Then uh, we see Peyton, who is now. You can tell she's done because she's burning the picture, the iconic picture of Lucas, Peyton, and Brooke shooting at the heart. Mm. She's burning it and throwing it away. Um, then we get a quick shot of Lucas driving with Karen, and it pans to the back seat, and we see, I don't know, like, what, 25 purses, it feels like? There were like. at least it, five. It, it, yeah, there were five of those fucking purses in the back well, seat. Well, there's like, one purse for every woman who could potentially be pregnant. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> Including Rachel, who... Including Rachel. I was not was not part of the wedding, so I don't know why she got a purse. The guys, why, did, Brooke why would just, Brooke make her a matching purse? To piss because off they're Peyton? friends now. Who knows? And she exactly. feels bad for Rachel. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Yes. Um, then we see... Then the ending scene is Haley screaming for Nathan at the top of the bridge. And like screaming bloody murder, like good on Joy Lenz for like the lungs on her, just screaming bloody murder for how many times she had to do that scene, probably. And the last scene is we see that Nathan's dream is coming true because he's in the water and the bracelet floats to the top of the water as Nathan, Rachel and Cooper are all trapped in the limo underwater. And that is the season three finale, kids. What do we think? So I have a couple things I want to discuss and also okay. ask Jesse about. Great. Okay. So my first question is, Jesse, who do you think is pregnant? Other Karen. than Karen, obviously. Okay. <laughs> Other than Karen, obviously. Mm, okay. So I don't think Brooke knows if she's pregnant yet. That was an unused pregnancy test box as far as we can tell Mm -hmm. so i don't i think brooke is maybe late like she said alluded to but hasn't taken the test yet so um i'm going to say rachel is lying to try to get cooper back uh brooke has not taken the test yet but is but thinks she might be um Haley, i don't know They've been careful because of the whole Dan, like, manipulation thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone but Karen's pregnant. Okay. I don't know. You think it, You think it's just Brooke having a pregnancy scare? Yeah, another one. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Yes. All right. I'll allow it. So... The other thing I wanted to talk about that I never that never like really occurred to me until I watched this episode again was these flashbacks that are these flashbacks, these nightmares that Nathan has about Haley being in the water. And like there's obviously like there's a shot of Haley in the water, which means that they filmed it. Yeah. Do we think that there was ever a world where Nathan and Haley were supposed to be the ones that crashed? Hmm. No, because I know that's not the case. No? Yeah, no, that's not the case. No, 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 because um, I know they filmed all of the underwater scenes not in that greasy, gross river. Um, Of course not. Yeah, they filmed it in a four-foot pool in post-production. Because there's a a whole thing about behind the scenes that literally they filmed it in a half car in a four-foot pool with it. So they they did all of it after the fact in another at another shooting schedule. Right. But like, do we, but do you think that there was ever a chance like in the writer's minds where it was going like Nathan was going to be like psychic (laughs) (laughs) and like he's having nightmares about what actually ends up happening? Doubtful. Doubtful. I think that's called foreshadowing because they like to do the whole thing of like, look what happened 12 hours earlier. Here's how we get there. Like, I think it's, it's one of those. I don't think it's anything besides that of, you know, them having, turning Nathan's wedding day jitters into something. It's not. That's true. Yeah. It did feel like a premonition though. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I will say the- this very confidently. Nathan, 
isn't never Miss exhibits Cleo? any psychic powers ever again. I mean, no, I know. <laughs> yes. uh, but no, because I mean, I know what yeah. you're saying with all those like flashbacks, flash forward things, right? That they really like mm-hmm. doing, but all of those are concrete. This yes. happened. Let's go back in time to see how this happened, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this is the first time we get a dream that becomes kind of real. And it is now my headcanon that Nathan is psychic. Oh God, we're turning into Riverdale where they all become witches for a season. Yep. <laughs> Fuck off. No, okay. just no, I don't accept any of that. This is the original CW baby. This is where it all came from. This actually isn't the CW. This, this was actually the last season to be on the WB. No, I, I, you know what I mean though? This no, I know like... what you mean, but that, but is that is the fun fact that I forgot to mention as well is that, um, they because i in my research of the songs i totally forgot this show was on the bubble of being canceled in season three because of the cw or the wb upn merger fun fact Mm -hmm. and there were tons of campaigns because actually what i found was how i found those notes or the songs was on a very old one tree hill message board and it's really literally got eat. like up. Oh, I Google is amazing for that. Um, but it literally had like bullet points of like things that you could do to save One Tree Hill. Like there were polls you could vote on on E! News about like shows that need to be saved for next year. Blah, 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 blah. There was a huge fan campaign for season four because people did not know if it was going to survive because it not had it hadn't been picked up yet as of the season finale. Mm-hmm. whether they were going to get a season four or not. So that could have been the series finale of One Tree Hill. Oof. How would we ah. think about that? I would have been pissed. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We This would be on Wednesdays we watch Gilmore Girls, if that had happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, it is don't my tempt, own shame. Don't tempt Jesse with a good time. I have never seen all of Gilmore Girls. <gasps> Shut up. Nope. I, I, I have to hang up now. This has been wonderful, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in I'm next done. week for episode one of On Wednesdays We Watch It Go More Girls. We're doing it. <laughs> Another fucking nine season show. Give a shit, Jesse. This is your own damn fault. I've anyway. watched some of it. I've watched like three seasons. You can't see it, Jenna. Oh my Listen, God. Glaring at her. like Season four no is when it gets good. I mean, yeah. it's the first three seasons, but... <laughs> Were you busy watching that Everwood shit again? God, okay. What what were the what were the years that Gilmore Girls were on? See, the thing is, the probably the same timeline as One Tree Hill and Everwood. <laughs> they were all on at the same time. Here's the here's the thing. Um, I don't think this show format would work as well with Gilmore Girls because it's so like in the cultural zeitgeist that I feel like i have seen it even though i haven't like that's fair um <laughs> gilmore girls is kind of the show i know chad michael murray from yeah. um you know yeah i get that i get that so which fun um, fact yeah gilmore girls was 2000 and everwood 2000 was to 2007 seven, right yeah and everwood was 2003 to 2007 so they both wrapped up 
So Jesse was watching Everwood. That's the answer. Yeah, Jesse was watching Everwood. And Everwood is also one that was a casualty of the UPN WB merger because Everwood ended. And then it was like, oh, is it going to get put back onto the CW? It did not. Right. Yes. Um, No, I don't know. God, what the fuck TV did I watch? American Idol. I watched... And Everwood. I don't like it was a religion. I watched mm-hmm. Everwood. Gilmore Girls at this point in time was on ABC Family during the day. Yeah, because Gilmore like, Girls, this was the last season of Gilmore Girls, was the 06 so 07 season. Gilmore Girls was always like a sick day watch. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I would watch whatever episode happened to be on ABC Family in the middle of right. the day. Um, wow. And that w- that was really my only interaction with Gilmore Girls until it got onto Netflix. And then I watched three seasons of it and got tired of it. Like, <laughs> and I quit. Like, Okay, we can't talk about this anymore because I'm too distraught. Moving on back can, to One Tree Hill. Anyway, can we anyway. talk about how they played both um, Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol and Boston by Augustana in this episode? Which... Yep in my brain are completely interchangeable. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Because they came out like, I swear to God, they came out on the exact same day. They and did. they would, they basically did. They basically did. And it's, that is just like the epitome of the end of high school for me, you know, Oh seven, the end of high school, you know, like yep. literally those two songs are, like it was so perfect that they played them both in the same episode because I can't think about one without thinking about the other. The fact it's a fact. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So back, back to the episode. <laughs> Did we actually like the episode overall? Cause we've never actually <laughs> talked about that yet. <laughs> yeah. Listen. I mean, Jesse wasn't wrong about them, you know, blowing everything up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta burn everything down, you know, it's, yeah. Or in this case, drown it. They've already done everything they can with fire at this point, I think. So now we just moved on to water? <laughs> now we, we're back. We're moving wait on till to drowning season eight, Wait till season seven or eight when there's a tornado that hits? Exactly. Okay, yeah. great. Great. <laughs> I don't fucking remember that. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Oh, my God. No, we've got fire, <laughs> I mean, water. We need wind and earth now. Yeah, we, so er- an earthquake or a tornado is inevitable, right? Simultaneously, an earthquake. So an earthquake tornado, tornado happening that's there finally, on that's graduation day. The only day. thing that can take out Dan Scott is a tornado <laughs> earthquake. A tornado quake. There we go. A tornado quake. There's an earthquake, and the ground just literally opens up and swallows him whole. Yep. It's what he it's deserves. The yeah. only thing that can take him down at this point. Dear God. Okay. Anything else we want to add about this crazy ass season finale? You know, I'm really glad we got through season one for a second time. It's been a real trip. It's been a delight. It's been great. I do do love season three. Season Um, three's great. It, so the other day, Brody texted me a BuzzFeed article that Jesse can't read. um, That was a ranking of all nine seasons of One Tree Hill from like worst to best. I wholeheartedly disagreed with like 90%. And of it. it was a, I, I have a lot of questions for the person who wrote it. Number one, right. But number two, like season three was like in the middle. Uh huh. And I was like, why? I, like, I don't think it was the best season, but it was definitely it's not, not the worst. Like, I, I would have put it in like top three. Uh huh. 
Hmm. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, think... I know. I know my top three. Yeah. I have. We're I've in only... the middle of. We're in my top three because my top three are three, four, and five. Yeah, I was gonna say I've only seen three seasons, and I don't know if it's gonna make my top three because it was literally season one again. Like, that's fair. I get that. You I know, that. it was. We'll season have to one... ask you your ranking after season four okay. because you'll have seen more than three seasons. Yes. Right. So far, my rankings are, uh, I think, one, two, three, in the really hot take. I think so. Although I, what happened in season two? Anna and Felix. No basketball. Yep. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Anything else we want to add, kids, before we wrap this one up? I'm good. Okay, great. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we've made it through three seasons. We are a third of the way there, kids. Fuck it, finally. We're, we're technically over a third, I think, because two of the seasons are shorter seasons, so we're yeah. like over a third of the episodes already there. So, good on us. Um, we're, we're doing it. Yes. We love the fact you guys are taking this ride with us. It's a lot of fun. Um, as always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us out in the long run. Um, give us a five-star review. That's always nice to hear and read. Um, follow us on social media. We are everywhere at On Wednesdays Pod. You can find us most often in the Instagram DMs or on the Facebook. It's where we live the most. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up there. Um, Jesse's not allowed in there, but we will happily pass along any information or she's also in charge of our carrier pigeon. I was going to say, I'm still waiting for carrier pigeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not received any yet. Uh, yes. She's patiently but... waiting. So yes. And yeah, that's going to do it for us guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to tune in next week when we do our season three recap episode, which has no structure. So it's going to be great because we always <laughs> have structure anyways. Oh yeah. Right. You guys so structured. Yeah. We're always so structured. We are. Try as I might. Um, Yeah, we'll see you guys next week for that episode. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.